Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the show and welcome to the new month. We're in October. I hope that you're having a beautiful day wherever you are listening to this and that you're feeling this like new fall end of the year energy that you're excited for what's to come. I'm so excited about today's guest. We have Robin Jonas on with us. She has built a brand called Live Life Balanced, and I'm excited that I will also be on her podcast next week, so watch out for that. You'll be able to get it, but I'm really, really excited for this conversation. What's really cool is even though we didn't know each other until we met online, Robin actually did the same certification that I did at IIN to become a holistic health coach. So she's a holistic health coach. She's a former educator. She's a mom to two beautiful girls who actually have inspired her to go on this journey. We talk about that. And I think you're really, really going to enjoy that part of the conversation. I also love that she is focusing on a group that we don't talk about that often, and that is empty nesters. And it's really interesting to hear about how it's a time that one can be really scary as you have worked so hard to get your kids to be to a certain stage and then to let them go and be proud and uh, grateful for their journey and also then find yourself you know with your partner again with yourself and with a lot of time uh, which can be a really exciting journey and that's the way she sees it and the way that she's wanting to help other women see it but it can also be really scary and so yeah I'm so excited about this conversation we also talk about the one percent shift method I think you're just gonna love hearing all the tips and we really have a conversation which honestly is my favorite kinds of podcasts so without further ado here is the episode Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the show. I am so excited to have Robin here with me today. Um, We're fellow IIN health coaches, so I'm really excited to dive into that. But Robin, thank you so much for being here, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to see that uh, we're actually super aligned. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here, and I can't wait to see where our conversation goes. (laughs) Amazing. So let's start at the beginning, get our audience to get to know you a little bit. Um, Tell us who you are, what you're up to, and also what got you to what you do today. Sounds good. Like she said, my name is Robin. Um, I was a former educator before I had children. Then I stopped working and I became a mom, um, which was the job I always wanted, which I had no idea what that was going to entail. But Um, that's kind of where my journey started as far as diving into health. I've always been kind of health conscious, but I didn't grow up in a health conscious family. So for me, that's kind of Mm -hmm. where it started was with my own, um, my, I have two girls and each of them have had, you know, just little issues here and there, nothing, you know, uh, too bad, but just things that needed attention. And so as we started 
going down the route of, you know, trying to go to a pediatrician to get an answer. We really weren't getting anything. So I started to, you know, get what I call my mama bear on and, you know, like, who am I going to go to, to help my kid? And so I ended up doing a lot of Eastern modalities to kind of help me get to a place where I felt like they were being helped. Um, I just wasn't going to accept the answer. Oh, it's just a virus or, oh, you know, they'll grow out of it or, oh, she's going to have to live with that the rest of her life. It's like, what? No. So I think along the way, I, I was introduced to nutrition through a gym that I went to. They were like, oh, take two classes and you can, you know, get a free spa treatment. So I was like, ooh, sign me up. And I mean, I left there, I was like paralyzed of fear because it was like, he talked about hydrogenated oils and he talked about fruit, high fructose mm. corn syrup. And so I went home and at the time we had a one-year-old and I was like, looking in my pantry and I was like, oh my gosh, we're throwing all this out. Like we can't, you know, we've killed ourselves over the years, but like, we're going to, this is a one-year-old, we're going to like do better. And so <laughs> you're kind of left with nothing. And so that, again, the, the food side of it, that kind of started me down that, that route. But just recently my daughter had some gut issues. I thought maybe she had ADHD. Um, she was like 11, um, went to our pediatrician is actually half holistic, half Eastern. And so um, I was like, I don't know like what ADD looks like or ADHD in girls, but I know it's different um, just from my years of teaching. And so they were like, you know, here's this 10 million long paper, fill it out. And then they said, but before we really diagnose anything, we want to do some further testing. We want to do gut testing and neurotransmitter testing. And I was like, great, let's do it and see what happens. And so that led us to a whole nother experience of candida and her neurotransmitters were off, of course, because your gut and your brain are connected. And so we really had to dive deep. It was during COVID. So we were all home. So we did the Candida 28 like day cleanse so that she could repair her gut. And during that time, I made the decision to go back to school um, because I saw what impacted her so much was just really food changes, and a few supplements to regulate some of the neurotransmitters while her gut was repairing. And so, mm. um, so yeah, so then I went to IIN because um, I had been recommended to it. And I like the philosophy of IIN because it's not just what you eat. It is all the other things off your plate that feed you and make you healthy. And so that to me was something I wanted to really dive and learn about. And so going to school, it really opened my eyes to all of that. And, you know, again, my daughters have had different things that we've really had to go back to functional and do the testing through functional, but then really get busy at home and, you know, figure out what we need to do here. So I am a believer in testing, but there's a lot more to it than just testing and getting a supplement. So that was kind of something I learned also through IIN that I really loved. And so since then I've been coaching and I'm in a um, place now where I'm creating a course and I'm kind of meshing my education with my passion for wellness. And uh, my course will be for moms who are entering that empty nester phase because um, that's a whole nother ball game. The new moms, the moms in the middle, and then the, the empty nester moms. So um, that should be really fun. And yeah, so that's how I got where I am today. And I am loving my podcast and I love coming on to other people's podcasts and learning their stories. And I really feel like the more we can have these conversations, the more educated other people can become. And it's honestly about finding little things that work for you personally, because we're all bio-individual. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. To everything mm -hmm. you said. <laughs> um, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I mean, 
how amazing is it that you actually had access to a pediatrician that was open to doing these kinds of things, right? Because I think so many moms are probably asking similar questions, but unless they have access to somebody who's potentially helping them asking the right questions and doing the right testing, they wouldn't necessarily get to the same answers. So I love that. How was I'm curious doing helping her do the candida diet? I've had to do it. Um, I've had candida overgrowth. And as an adult, it was difficult. How was that experience? So it actually wasn't too bad. And I think it's because she was really motivated um, because she didn't like the way that she was feeling. And Mm -hmm. I think it was a lot easier because we were all home. We weren't really like eating out. We weren't doing all the things. And so I literally lived in the kitchen from sunup to sundown, making sure that we all had, you know, cause we all did it because she was, I think 11 or 12 at the time. And I'm like, she's not doing it alone. We are all doing it because we can all benefit from it. I mean, it's, it's not yeah. anything crazy. It's, it's just not having sugar and it's not having certain carbs and um, you know, certain fruits and things. So, but no, we made it work. And the most interesting thing is after two weeks, all of the symptoms of like the impulsiveness and what looked like ADD magically were gone. Wow. That was like, for me, like the wow, that was like the true sign of this is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a one and done. It's not you do that one time and then, you know, you go back to your old habits. You really have to make the lifestyle change. So when she went back to school and she started driving, she did have a dip, you know, she went backwards because it's fun to drive to Starbucks and it's fun to drive to Chick-fil-A when you're 16, you know, and all the stuff. And so she then had to come to that on her own that she just didn't feel good again. And she made the choice just to do better. And so once she made that decision, I mean, she's been good since. So I think sometimes we have to, as parents, allow our children to experience some of the uncomfortableness or what we feel you know, we, we don't want them to, but sometimes they need to, so they can see that they can control certain things. But I will say Mm -hmm. that the one thing that I really learned is that anything on your outer skin, whether it's eczema, acne, all of that is internal. So it's internal going out and it's kind of like your body screaming for the most part. Yeah, for sure. But it does make a lot more sense that you said that you were able to do it while at home, because I imagine it would have been a lot more difficult, like with just school and activities and just the day-to-day life. Um, So that's amazing in a way that it happened during that time. Sure. But she's, I mean, I will say since she made up her mind, I mean, she's, you know, not interested in getting a bunch of ice cream all the time. Like it just doesn't interest her anymore because, you know, she doesn't crave it, which is part of it. She doesn't crave that sugar, which she was like my sugar carb kid, you know? And so, (laughs) yeah, so it's, Again, it's been an amazing journey, but it's still a journey and it'll keep continuing. (laughs) For sure. So let's definitely get into the empty nesters in a little bit of uh, the conversation. I'm really excited to talk about that and that niche. I'm curious to hear a little bit more about your method, uh, talking about the 1% shift method. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and how people can use it to just find their way to happier life? Yeah, absolutely. I always talk with my clients and my family and anybody, you know, that asks me, you know, how do I do this? How do I do this? And it's small steps because we've been conditioned to go on these, you know, quick fix diets. We've been conditioned to eliminate a certain food group. We've been conditioned that 
it's all or nothing. And so I really try to undo that mindset. And I think the 1% shift method gives people permission to take a small step and be proud of that small step and then add another small step on. So there's no overwhelm. It is a lifestyle created through ease. Um, and so, for example, if you're looking to create a, a different morning routine because your current morning routine is hit the snoozer 50 times, jump out of bed, get right on your phone, you know, it just doesn't really, it's not really serving you. So what can you do? So it's like, well, if you put your phone, I'm just giving an example, like maybe the first step that you want to do that you decide is right for you is like moving your phone away. So that way you'd have to get up so that the alarm doesn't isn't close to you if that's what you use for your alarm. And then, you know, we really work on not looking at our phone for at least the first, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. Because if we think back to like when I grew up, I'm not sure how old you are, but when I grew up, there was no phone. So we got up in the morning, we got a shower, we ate breakfast, we did all the things. Maybe we talked on the phone to our friend here or there, but you are not inundated with technology first thing when you wake up in the morning. And so, yeah. That would just be like a little shift. You just remove your phone, um, see how you feel. Does that work for you? Are you getting better sleep? Are you, you know, getting up a little bit, getting sunlight in the first thing in the morning? That might be another little shift you want to do. So we don't just say, let's create a morning routine and change 20 things. And then that creates overwhelm. And then people can't do it because it almost is paralyzing because it's too much. So the 1% shift was kind of born out of the necessity to give people permission to just take a tiny step because that's how you're going to create a lifestyle. And that's mm -hmm. what I'm big on. Yeah, for sure. I see it so much with some of my clients, but also myself. I sure. was telling you a little bit before I went through a gut health journey. And when I went the functional medicine route at first, you know, I did so much testing that I got inundated with so much results. And then put on so many different types of elimination diets and the candida diet and all these things. And it was very overwhelming to do all of those things at once. And on top of that, learn all about, you know, the vagus nerve and like do these <laughs> five different things that you're supposed to do every day. And also make sure that you breathe before you eat and have a mindful <laughs> eating practice. And it was like, I remember sending the list. I'm really close to one of my sisters and I remember sending her the list and she was like, this is crazy. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Just being able to have little by little change is so important. I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of people, you know, their first switch goes from Western, you know, to either integrative or functional. And again, I love the functional testing. Do not get me wrong. Like, I think that's where you find a lot of root answers, but it is an overwhelming process because there's still steps involved. And so I do work with a lot of people that have gone and gotten results and then just don't know what to do with them. And so, mm -hmm. for example, if you came to me and you're like, I need to do a candida, you know, cleanse because I have candida, you know, we would start slow. What do we need to remove? And then how comfortable are you with removing this, let's just say sugar out of your diet? And do you know what you would replace it with? And so it's the education and the conversation, but also it's, where are you at when you work with people or when you are having conversations, you have to meet people where they are and everybody's different. So I'm like, when they said she needed to do candida, well, she was little enough that whatever I cooked, she was going to eat. So I mm. took it upon myself to simplify it. I didn't do anything crazy. I just figured out what were five breakfasts that she could have, what were five lunches and five dinners. 
And I knew those were going to be the staple rotations, which again, it wasn't, I didn't look at it from a standpoint of, I have to revamp everything, but what do we normally eat that she could eat that I could make into stuff? So it didn't seem so, you know, like we're throwing everything in. Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of where we started, but that led us to discovering new ways to make things sweet you know, without a sweetener and also your taste buds change. And I think that was the biggest like aha for all of us was after we came off the elimination diet, it was her birthday and things started to be lifted. So we were like, let's, let's eat out, you know, because we haven't eaten out in a long time. We can bring it in. You know, we want to support local little people that are trying to survive. And so we were super, super excited about getting this, you know, (laughs) one place and eat and we all ate it. We were super, you know, quiet. And then at the end we were like, it was kind of disappointing, you know, like that wasn't what we remembered it to be. And mm-hmm. I always find that interesting because it's really, I mean, 28 days. I mean, your taste buds change for sure. Yeah, they really do for sure. I think another part of what you said is in meeting the person where they're at is having them feel empowered to making those decisions and making the change. Sure. And I think a lot of times I'm, you know, on the same page as you, I think functional medicine has a lot of answers and helps us a lot. And I remember receiving all these things and receiving all these protocols and then feeling like, okay, but then what happens once I stop and actually doing all these things and doing all these elimination diets. And actually then when it stopped, this was pre doing my holistic health coaching certification. I went way the other way. It was just so much restriction for so long, for like over a year of a lot of different things that afterwards, one of the big things that maybe happened to me that is different to what happened to your daughter is there was some feelings of changes, but there was a lot of like physical symptoms like bloating and things like that, that hadn't changed at all at that time. And so there was also a frustration of like doing so much and, and feeling like there was so much restriction and then not actually getting results. And I think that's where sometimes taking that, the empowerment away from the person by just telling them like, Hey, here's what you're supposed to do as opposed to getting their buy-in. Well, and along with that, you're 100% correct. I mean, it is not just a buy-in, but it's doing things in a way that doesn't cause you a lot of stress because being stressed just backfires everything. And, you know, when we talk about the primary foods and, you know, it being all things off your plate that feeds you, that is stress. That is your joy. That if you are so consumed with what can I do, what can't I do, and, and you never kind of breathe you know, it doesn't really work. It ends up backfiring in the end. So again, that's that all or nothing and it's finding balance. And honestly, that's why I made my company Live Life Balance because you've got to find a balance between that strict protocol. And and I will say, you know, because obviously I personally myself have been on this journey for 20 plus years and my bloating and my food baby and all the other stuff that I had had going on, you know, from what I thought was dairy, what I thought was gluten, which it was because those I'm not allergic, but I'm definitely sensitive to those. But now because it's been so long since I've been living, you know, in the way that I am, you know, and I feed myself mostly all things that work for me. Mm -hmm. When I have something gluten, I don't have that same bloating reaction. But I will say dairy, I still I still get a stomach ache, does not like me. And so For what it's worth, you know, I do feel like after your gut heals and you're able to regulate and not be in that sympathetic state all the time and your body can drop into the parasympathetic 
and your vagus nerve and all of that stuff that we know, right? When we can control some of that stuff and the body actually heals, it can accept some things in a different way, I guess. I totally agree with that. And I think that's where oftentimes testing can help us get to some of the root cause, but very Mm -hmm. often the root of the root is... (laughs) as you're saying, more, yeah, emotional or nervous system based. And then the food can get tolerated and accepted. Um, So I completely agree with that. I know that something you've also done work in is emotional eating. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I think personally, there was definitely a, a part of, I mean, just how I grew up around food and how it was taught, but also with this shift of being so restricted to then having like some binging tendencies and things like that from as like a backlash of that. Um, I'm curious, what do you see in your clients? What have you learned about it? What can you tell us about emotional eating? Well, first of all, everybody eats emotionally, whether it's, you know, a big part of your life or not. But if we think to all holidays, we think to birthdays, we think to special occasions, family gatherings, that's all based around emotions. It's based, you know, your birthday mm. is a happy time, your birth, you know, and then <laughs> when your boyfriend breaks up with you, what do you do? You know, you, somebody eats a pint of ice cream, you know, it's like everybody has some type of emotions tied to food and it's however you're brought up. It's, it's however you view yourself and things. And so the first thing is accepting that it's not abnormal to have some emotional eating. It's just, recognizing, right? Empowering yourself to recognize when you're going for something, are you truly hungry or are you having a feeling, right? And it's learning to differentiate between the two by focusing on like, what are your body's hunger cues from a physical state? You know, does your stomach growl? Does it, or is it an emotional, like I am super stressed, it's 12 o'clock, I'm supposed to be eating, so I'm going. So I think it's a lot of thought and questioning yourself to kind of see where some of this stuff comes. But there is something where when you have a certain craving, the craving is usually connected to an emotion. So, you know, crunchy could mean, and I'm making this up because I don't have it all, you know, in front of me right now, but crunchy, let's say that could mean that for you, you are lacking, you know, protein. And so maybe when, instead of going and grabbing a bag of chips, you know, grab something that has higher protein and see again, like a handful of nuts and see if that curbs the hunger that you're feeling. So in the emotional realm, it's can be a sensitive topic for people. And so that's why I like to make it really crystal clear that most people have a little bit of it going on, whether it's positive or negative. And so it's Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to marry the two of understanding what yours is, you know, and understanding that when you find out what the emotion is digging a little bit, you know, if you're eating, say you're somebody who's single and you come home from work and you feel lonely, right? So you feel lonely. So you sit down with a bag of popcorn and you're watching a movie, right? Are you truly hungry? Or is it that you feel lonely because you don't have a significant other, or I'm just making, you know, a scenario up, but so again, it's just a lot of investigation. It's a lot of figuring out what your body's actually saying to you when you're thinking in your mind that you're hungry. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question because it's very tailored again, specifically to each person. But again, you know, stress plays a large role in it, sadness and loneliness, you know, and also if you are in a job that's unfulfilling and you really don't like it, I mean, those are reasons why 
some people end up having, you know, different emotional attachments to food. And sometimes when you realize that, you know, this thing at work that always happens triggers you to do this, then you realize, you know, maybe this job is not really suited for me any longer. And so again, it's, I feel like the emotional eating is a lot of inner work. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, I really agree. I liked what you said in terms of accepting that it's present for a lot of us, right? On a different scale and then being able to pay attention to it. And I think in my personal inner work and through therapy and these things, it's also been like, okay, being able to recognize it and then making a decision. And sometimes that decision is still I want that. I want that comfort. I want that, you know, the, I don't know, hot chocolate on a ski lift. I'm just making something up, but like, or if going through a hard time and getting that piece of chocolate, but I agree that the thing that's really important is then is really being able to see it. And then I think the more you see it, the less you start making some of these choices when you are actually working on the root of that emotion, especially if it's more of like a negative emotion as to why it's being triggered. Like you said, you know, do you need to actually change your job? Is that the root of it? No. Yeah. A hundred percent. And also I love what you said, because if you do choose, because everybody has choices, right? And so it's recognizing though, that you have this choice or this choice and whatever choice you make is going to be the right choice for you. But if you make the choice to have something You just have to have it, enjoy it, and learn to let it go. But what happens is a lot of times people will have something and then they self-sabotage for a couple of days. Like, why did I do that? Why did I do that again? I always do that. You know, it's like, first of all, to me, if you're going to eat, enjoy it, like enjoy Mm -hmm. what you're eating. And then, and so that's the other thing I talk about that all or nothing mindset. I think that's a huge part of it because again, we've been trained through society that you're on a diet you're not on a diet. You're doing a crash cleanse. You're not doing a crash cleanse. But ultimately, if you do all of something all the time, you know, like healthy eating, let's just say 90%, I have like the 90-10 rule. And then you have, you know, a day where you're like, I don't know, maybe you're getting your period and you want to have, you know, a bowl of ice cream and you want to have a brownie. You know what? Enjoy it. And then the next day, just go back to what you're normally doing. But people when they have that, what I call a dip, they're like, forget it, I'm out. I'm going back to all my old ways. And so again, that's a lot of mindset, really. It's a lot of, you know, just learning a new way, because I think, again, we've been really conditioned to be all in or all out and not living and doing and then moving on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I also think there is a part of the emotion that you're feeling impacts how you're going to digest that food, right? So I love that you said, if you're going to make the choice, then enjoy it. Because if you're going to feel guilt or shame, then your gut's not going to like that. (laughs) Right. Definitely. Very, very true. And again, I think when people reframe their language around Mm -hmm. certain things, that also helps the emotional side of things because the way you talk to yourself and the way you express yourself outwardly really matters. Um, when it comes to all things health, but also digestion is a big part of that because the way you think and feel is internalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I love that. 
So let's get a little bit into, you mentioned that now you're coaching uh, empty nesters, um, how you got to that. So on this podcast, people have definitely heard moms, but more, I guess, new moms or moms with toddlers and like the idea that it's a time where you don't have a lot of time and how to cope with it and all these different things. And also we've talked about like, you know, motherhood and career ambitions and like at those times, but I haven't yet had this conversation. So I'm really excited to talk more about it. Sure. About empty nesters. So um, empty nesting is um, a phase that I am currently living. And I think it's one where people really aren't supportive very much because as a new mom, there is that group, right? And we all know new moms need a lot of support and, you know, to be able to keep themselves and have good self-care and all of that. And then, you know, as a mom, you, you pour everything into your kids, even if you have a full-time job, even if you don't have a full-time job, whatever your situation is during mothering, your kids always are top of mind and come first, even when you say no, but they're just, I don't know any mom that they're just during the day, it's like their kids have come up 50 million times for all the different things. And, you know, you get to this point when they start to drive where, oh, you know, you don't have to be the chauffeur anymore. You don't have to be the carpool Mm -hmm. mom. You know, they're old enough, they can start taking themselves places. And I think a lot of moms start missing like the car rides because on the car rides is when, for some reason, I only have girls, so I cannot speak for boys, but I would imagine it would be the same but I don't know hundred percent, but my girls, you know, it's like everything comes out on the car rides. Right. So I was kind of like <laughs> sad when those started to end, but you know, you're, you're still with them. You're still filled up by them, you know, and all of the things. And when your child leaves and goes to college, you know, it's such a different time because it's like, you are super happy and so proud and joy and you have so much joy for them. And you're so excited for them and you're so proud that they are capable and able, you know, to go away and be self-sufficient and all the things that as a parent you do to get them to this point. But all of a sudden it's like this big giant loss, Hmm. you know, for what's been in your life for 20 years, you know? And so I think that a lot of people don't really talk about it. And from my conversations, I'm definitely feeling that. Like I felt like when my first child went off, you know, you still have your second child, but nobody really talks. They're like, you know, how's what, you know, so-and-so at school and how is she doing? And it's like, she's great. You know, she's doing well. I was always like, I just pretend like she's at camp. I pretend like she's at camp and she'll be coming home. And that's kind of how I coped the first semester or a little bit over, you know, and then all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, no, this is reality. Like she's deciding if she's coming home this summer, she's, you know, like all these things. And again, very exciting, but no one ever teaches you that you can have loss, the sense of loss and this overwhelming sense of joy, literally in the same moment of something. And so it just really got me thinking, most moms are coming up for what I say, coming up for air. You know, it's like the first time in however many years that they've had a minute to start to breathe and have a little extra time. And a lot of that, we don't know what to do with, you know, because we Mm -hmm. haven't had it again, whether you're working full-time or not, you know, they're just bandwidth opens up. And so what I've noticed is a lot of moms who have ignored their health for 
however long, you know, they're finally getting a moment to think about themselves. So I just feel like it's a great time for somebody to work on themselves and bring their health to where they want it to be to create the life they want. Because people can sit and they can be sad, but they've got to work through things in order to move on to create the best next chapter, basically. So the course I'm creating will be about eight or nine modules. It's not completely finished yet, but we're going to go through all the things, the self-care, the self-love. We're going to go through the eating and the whole foods and more movement. We're going to go through all the things. And my hope is, and my intention is that it brings a community of women together that needs support Hmm. to be uplifted and to know that they're not alone because I don't really think it's necessary for us to be struggling silently. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And now my second daughter's getting ready. Um, She's a senior this year. And I think that's when my emotions started to come up. Like now it's getting real, you know, like now this is like, and I love my husband to death and we're going to be totally fine. (laughs) And, you know, but again, you, for 20 years, you've been doing life to these kids. And then now, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like, you know, it's going to be fine, but it's, it's just change and different. Um, So So yeah, so I'm super excited. I'm planning on making um, some type of a community also for people who just want to have support. Yeah, I love that. It makes so much sense. I think we talk a lot about transitions from a younger age of like what it's like going to be going off to college, what it's going to be to find a partner and to maybe move far away from family. And then yeah, all these different steps to maybe creating your own family, but you don't talk about that other very important part of it. And I think for a lot of people, they might have seen or they might see it as a way of like, oh, well, a lot of my fulfillment feels like it's over and I'm not going to get that back. Whereas it could really be actually an exciting time of like, let's start new projects. Let's, you know, right. But without that help and mindset shift and all those things, it might be really difficult to see those things. Yes, 100%. And I think you just said it very well. It's just something that, you know, we have to reframe the way we think about it. And sometimes you need to have support to do that. And also, I think it's exciting because as a parent, you worked really hard, you know, and it's it's not been an easy journey. And it's like, now you really, it's your time. Like, it's your time for yourself. It's your time to get you to a place where you feel your best and you're, you know, the happiest. And that includes having your kids around, you know, but it just means having them around in a different way. And so there's a little joke that my one girlfriend and I have said for years, it's like, what are we going to be again when we grow up? It's like, you know, it's like we're growing (laughs) up again, trying to figure things out. And I think it's exciting, but I also know from all of the conversations that I've had and the way I feel that it would be amazing to have a community of people that are feeling the same way and lift each other up. So, yeah. And especially as you mentioned, you know, for your personal, but also like being able to exchange what that feels like in terms of the change of your couple, obviously. Yeah, sure. As a partnership, you've been so centered on making sure that these kids are okay and that they're off doing the best thing that they can. And that also 
has such a huge shift in, in their relationship. So I can imagine it being very helpful to be able to have a partner, uh, a community to talk about these different things with. Sure. And then, you know, so you have the relationship portion, you have the career portion, you've got the joy, and then you have, you know, the menopause portion because most mm. empty nest moms are coming up into that phase. And that's a whole nother, you know, uh, adventure. <laughs> yeah. And that's not talked about much. So, yeah. So I'm super excited. I feel like the podcast has really opened my eyes to a lot of things and I, I love doing the podcast, but I also, you know, really just, I love being in community with people and helping people to live their best life. I love that. That's amazing. Well, Robin, it's been such a good conversation. We end every episode with four to five little questions. So I'll get into those. Okay. The first one is, how do you unlock your vitality these days? What are habits or something that just feeds your vitality or energy? I would have to say uh, quiet time in the morning for sure. Um, is, and that's when I do my devotional. It's when I journal. Um, I'm, I might do a quick meditation or I might do a quick stretch, but um, it's just what I need to do in the morning in order to set myself up to have a good day. Mm, I love that. The next one is, what are you saying no to these days? Mm, very good question. <laughs> um, I am saying no to things things that really are not serving me well any longer. I'm 50 now and I've come into a space where um, I am using my voice more and I'm also know, uh, learning boundaries. And mm -hmm. sometimes when something isn't serving me, I just remind myself that, is that something I know I have to do? Or is it something I feel I have to do? Or can I say no and it's okay? And so... Yeah, that's why I love having that question because I think we could all be reminded more often to say no <laughs> yeah. to things that no longer serve us. Yeah. Um, the next one is what is on your nightstand? Oh, um, on my nightstand, I have a bunch of books because I like to read, which is hilarious because I did not like to read as a child. I have a frame that has a Dave Matthews saying in it that my husband gave me and probably a coaster and probably a hair clip. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, that's probably it. Lamp. <laughs> Sounds great. I love that question. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Sometimes people say, I've had people when they just move in and they're like, I don't have a nightstand yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, if you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Ooh, such a good question. So one piece of advice I would give myself is it's going to be okay. Everything works out. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Amazing. I will add everything in the show notes, but just so people can know if they're just listening and not reading, where can they find you? How can they learn more about your awesome program coming? And yeah, all these things. So social media is live life balanced with Robin. My website is live life balanced with Robin.com. Um, on there, you can sign up for the freebie. And then my podcast, of course, is live life balanced with Robin. So um, you can subscribe. I would love for you guys to listen in and also just tell me what you think. I'm all about conversations. DM me. I love questions. I love when people don't know what to do. Um, so yeah, just I love conversations. So that's how you can find me. <laughs>
Love it. Well, this conversation was a really amazing one. So thank you so much for your time. Yes. And yeah, I'm excited to keep in touch and eventually come on your podcast. Absolutely. I would love it. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye guys. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It's always a pleasure to have you. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate and review, share it with somebody. It's truly how we've been able to grow. If you also want to just send a little or add a little screenshot to your Instagram story and at Magaliana Journey or at Unlock Your Vitality Podcast, these are the little things that go a really, really long way in helping our growth. And I'm so grateful to have you there and for your support in continuing to grow the podcast. I wanted to share that I have really exciting Reiki sessions this uh, month. We've got a lot more openings. So if you're interested in the Bay Area and want to book a Reiki healing session, please do. And if you're curious about unlocking your vitality, I wanted to share just a little testimonial from a client of mine. It was such a heartwarming thing to receive and also really shows you that unlocking your vitality can look very different for different people. For some people, it might be working on gut health or body image. For others, it might be on figuring out their purpose and their work situation. So she's somebody who's been working on her personal business on top of having a full-time job. And her message says, happy Friday. I can't thank you enough for the inspiration this week. Today, I finally launched the blog I've been sitting on for the whole year. It's not perfect or done, but I have a place for all my content and a way to capture emails. I'm very excited going into this weekend. Hope you have a great one. And this is just, first of all, warms my heart. I feel so grateful. I'm, yeah, so blessed to be a part of my client's journey, and also really exciting to see progress. And I think a big part of unlocking your vitality is setting goals. We talked about this in last week's episode of resetting and kind of checking in with the last quarter of the year since we're now officially in October and there's three months left of this beautiful, beautiful 2023. And what do you want to do with it? If there is something that you're wanting to kind of take charge in. If this is a, a year that you're wanting to start fresh, it's really good time to start now. A really, really good time. So if you're interested, I will add all the info uh, for the Reiki and Vitality Coaching in the show notes. You can always reach out to me on social media. And thanks again for being here. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.